Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse, who was charged with the reckless homicide of Joseph Rosenbaum, the intentional homicide of Anthony Huber, and the attempted intentional homicide of Gage Grosskreutz. As Rittenhouse was the undisputed shooter of all three men, his legal team argued that the shootings were in self-defense. In our last episode, we continued to follow Mark Richards' closing argument as he reminded the jury of each of the witness testimonies that they heard during the trial, including the testimony of his own client. On today's installment, we conclude our review of Richards' closing, including his final assertion to the jury that the shootings by his client were privileged by the laws of self-defense. That's coming up right after the break. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Rittenhouse attorney Mark Richards concludes his slideshow tour through the trial testimonies with several defense witnesses, beginning with video analyst Dr. John Black. Dr. John Black, his testimony about the slides, making times, and I'll go over some of those. Um, but specifically, as I test, not, as I argued earlier, the zero shot from I should say it this way, friendly, friendly, three times to the first shot, 10 point some seconds. There's a change in elevation in the video as he's lunging forward, the shot rings out after that. The zero shot, which is shot one, then two 26 hundredths, the next one 24, 23, for a total of .739. He gets up comes around the car because all the individuals had left after hearing the shots, goes to check. And to believe that he could stay there is preposterous. All I said would have happened, scene two would have been moved to scene one. You heard the one individual yell, get the F out of here. The Zeminskis are screaming, he just shot him, he just shot him, get him, cranium. That's all happening. Mr. Zeminski's walking around with his gun over his head, pointing at Kyle, and I'll show you that in a little bit. In the exhibits that Dr. Black showed the jury, no color was added, no color was subtracted. The videos didn't go from color to black and white. There was no structural problems. He demonstrated his technique regarding changing brightness and contrast right in front of you. And the one video went from a dark mess of nothing, moved the two lines, I don't know how to do it, but he did right in front of you, hit it, and all of a sudden it's light and you can see it. The whole event that evening took two minutes and 55 seconds from the three times friendly to the time he surrendered or attempted to surrender at law enforcement. Richards goes into more detail about Dr. Black's testimony regarding the duration of each shooting event. 
He covers the testimony of Kenosha officer Brittany Bray as evidence that Rittenhouse never re-racked his rifle towards Gage Grosskreutz, and then moves on to the testimony of Drew Hernandez. Drew Hernandez? Mr. Binger, for some reason, didn't like Drew Hernandez. You could hear it in his questioning. Ladies and gentlemen, Drew Hernandez had a point of view. There's no doubt about it. But what was that point of view? He's a citizen journalist, and he's covering the riots. And he didn't think that the mass media was covering the riots correctly. They were just calling everybody demonstrators and not covering the devastation and the destruction that was being done. That's his point of view. It's kind of my point of view, too. Um, but does that mean that his video's lying? Does that mean when he says, I saw him lunge, that he's lying? He doesn't have a dog in this fight. He tried to get all of his video to the state. The Dropbox wasn't big enough. He sees that the case is going to trial. He reaches out, gets a lawyer, and provides it simultaneously to both of us, and we end up playing it. He describes the Zeminskis, Joseph Rosenbaum starting fires in the dumpster, the yelling, he sees Kyle, the yelling of the word, the N-word. He sees Kyle walking around yelling medical, medical, right up until the last time when event number one starts. He was standing right at the corner, had a clear view to the first incident. He described him as charging from behind. He saw Joseph Rosenbaum throw the bag. He described hearing a shot from behind Kyle, which we all know is the Zeminski shot, the man who's never been brought before you people. And he saw Joseph Rosenbaum lunge. Richards then asks the jury to ponder what he asserts is a fundamental failure by the prosecution. Ladies and gentlemen, you've sat through almost 10 days of testimony. You've heard the openings, most of the closings, and I have yet to hear Mr. Binger explain why Joseph Rosenbaum had the right to chase my client. To me, if I didn't know better, I would think he's a whiny defense lawyer. Everybody's out to get me, everybody's lying. I'm the one who's bringing forth the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, the videos show the truth. The videos show the actions of Joseph Rosenbaum. Balch is lying. Fiedler's lying. Lakowski's lying. Richie is lying. Dale DeBruin, he's really lying because he's imputing my character. Dale DeBruin, Nathan DeBruin, excuse me. Hernandez, he's lying because he's a right-wing journalist. All six of them are lying. And then I forgot. Detective Howard, he's lying too, because he could see through the videos. He could see that Rosenbaum came out from hiding behind the car after my client passed the Duramax. Rush to judgment, as I said earlier, you bet. Highly charged atmosphere here in Kenosha, make no mistake, you live here, you know. They had to do something. They had to charge the white supremacist who isn't a white supremacist. They've never reassessed their case. They've never looked at it. They've never said, oh, Dr. Kelly, 
let's talk about this wound on the hand. What? That means he was touching the barrel or his hand was over the barrel when it was fired? Well, that means he was pretty close. No, we're not going to reassess. We're going to march forward. We're going to throw it into the hands of 12 people from the city and let them do our work. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a political case. We can take politics out of it as in Democrat and Republican, but the district attorney's office is marching forward with this case because they need somebody to be responsible. They need somebody to put and say, we did it. He's the person who brought terror to Kenosha. Kyle Rittenhouse is not that individual. The rioters, the demonstrators who turned into rioters, those are the individuals who bring us forth. And I ask you to remember, and I'll show you the videos for the last time from me, the anger in the mob that was going on that night. They were not going to be dissuaded from doing things. They were pushing, firing dumpsters, destroying property, and that was... So you're saying Mr. Rittenhouse put out a fire. Yes, it was a small fire. Last time I checked, small fires turn into big fires. So, kind of stupid. James Armstrong, hocus pocus, out of focus. I've talked about him. He spent 20 hours reworking a frame in a video and averaging, having my clients somehow miraculously go from a right-handed shooter to a left-handed shooter. The mirror on the truck is the arm. Their whole case relies on that one photograph that he spent 20 hours. That's how they're going to prove provocation, a word you never heard in the opening statement. It was my client chased him down and shot him in the back. Oops, can't prove that. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Defense attorney Richards next displays a series of images and videos walking the jury through the events leading up to the shootings and then through their aftermath. Among the images he displays are a photo of the burning car source lot from the night before the shootings used to emphasize the terror that pervaded Kenosha, a photo of Kyle Rittenhouse cleaning graffiti off of a school used to scoff at the idea that this was a premeditated act by the defendant to show good character, as if he knew he was going to be accused of murder hours later, a photo of Kyle Rittenhouse and some of his associates with the son of the car source owner used to demonstrate that Rittenhouse was on that site with permission. Photos and videos of Joseph Rosenbaum pushing burning dumpsters along Sheridan Road. A video freeze frame of Joseph Rosenbaum yelling at someone with Joshua Zeminski standing behind him, used to scoff at the idea that these two men didn't know each other. 
Richards punctuates that photo by calling Zeminski the smiling puppeteer. A series of videos of Rosenbaum confronting a crowd of people with AR-15s at the ultimate gas station. Here is what Richards has to say about these clips. Many people with AR-15s, not one person with an AR-15. That's the difference between this, the ultimate gas station, fracas, and what happened down at Car Source 3. Kyle Rittenhouse was alone. He had been taken away from the herd, and Mr. Rosenbaum and Mr. Zeminski were going to get him. Mr. Rosenbaum and his bag, he's not dissuaded by the people. He's going right at them. He's not afraid of them. He's pushing in and going at them. He's not afraid of a gun. Yelling. Shoot me N-word, shoot me N-word. Mr. Zeminski holding his gun down to his side, remembering this is a Black Lives Matter rally and he's there to support their cause. Yeah, right. Mr. Huber, right there, holding him back, actually physically holding him back, but right in the middle of it. Look at the anger in his face. Richards continues showing images, including a photo of Rosenbaum appearing to squirt accelerant on a dumpster fire and another of him tipping over a porta potty. Multiple photos of Rosenbaum holding chains, images of Rittenhouse walking away from a confrontation with the man he calls Yellow Pants and his armed associates, a series of images and videos that track Rittenhouse around the time that he gets the call to go down to the car source three lot and then as he walks down Sheridan Road towards that location video of Rosenbaum's pursuit of Kyle Rittenhouse, video of a crowd of people dispersing as Rittenhouse fires at Rosenbaum, used to demonstrate that the defendant's path of retreat was blocked by that crowd as he tried to flee Rosenbaum. Here is the audio of that sequence, followed by Mark Richards' argument. Oh, shit. They shoot him. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Think about that, ladies and gentlemen. The first shot happens, they barely begin to move. Between the first shot and Kyle's first shot, which is the second shot you hear, Kyle has turned around. Why is he turned around? Because that wall of people is there and he has nowhere else to run. The cars, the van, all of the people destroying property, the soda machine, he turns around and Mr. Rosenbaum keeps coming. Mr. Rosenbaum keeps coming, he lunges, gunshots. Richards next shows the video of Gage Grosskreutz's live stream used to demonstrate that Rittenhouse is not a threat to anyone at that moment. Here's Richards. Kyle is zero threat to anyone. This active shooter BS is something that Mr. Binger is trying to sell you people. Has he shot anybody since Car Source 3? No, he hasn't. He's running to try and get to the police. Mr. Binger must live in fairy tale land to think that Kyle could stop, put his gun down, and say, hey, everything's good, leave me alone, I'm going to the police. Unfortunately, that's not how the real world works. This was real world. If he's an active shooter looking to take as many people as possible, 
He's laying waste to everybody as he was running. Remember, he's got 30 bullets. He shot eight times. Richards proceeds with the Brendan Gutenschwager video that culminates in the shootings of Huber and Grosskreutz, calling attention to each time that Rittenhouse is attacked and or struck, and asserting that each time the defendant fired his weapon was provoked, first by the so-called jump kick man, then by Huber, then by Grosskreutz. Finally, as the video plays of Rittenhouse approaching law enforcement with his hands in the air, Richards concludes his closing by returning to the jury instructions and emphasizing that everyone that Kyle Rittenhouse shot was attacking him. You've heard the instructions, and I'll end with this. You decide on count one. If you decide that his conduct was privileged under the use of self-defense, you don't go on to the lesser included. If it was privileged under self-defense, that affects count two, both of the things that happened in scene one, as I read earlier, page nine of the jury instructions. If his conduct was privileged as to Rosenbaum, it's privileged as to Mr. McGinnis. On to the next ones at scene two. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no evidence whatsoever that he was an active shooter other than Mr. Binger calling him that. And there's no evidence that any of those other individuals who attacked him in the mob that night were attacking an active shooter. He wasn't shooting. And if they want to be the heroes and they want to beat somebody and do what they're going to do to him, they better be right. And they weren't. Kyle Rittenhouse shot Mr. Rosenbaum because he was attacking Kyle. Every person who was shot was attacking Kyle. One with a skateboard, one with his hands, one with his feet, one with a gun. Hands and feet can cause great bodily harm. I'm sure the state's gonna get up and say, well, he didn't have great bodily harm, so it doesn't matter. That's not the standard. The standard is could cause great bodily harm. My client does not have to take a beating from the hands of this mob or the hands of Mr. Rosenbaum. And Mr. Rosenbaum might be little, but he was a pretty muscular guy. And some 30-some-year-old guy can take a 17-year-old kid nine times till Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a tough choice, but the evidence only leads to one conclusion. That is that Kyle Rittenhouse conduct on August 25th was privileged based upon the actions of Mr. Rosenbaum and others. There are no winners in this case, but putting Kyle Rittenhouse down for something he was privileged to do will serve no legitimate purpose. I ask you to do this, do justice here under the law of the state of Wisconsin. Thank you very much. And with that, we conclude this episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. Join us on our next episode as we present the prosecution's rebuttal closing argument. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created, hosted, and produced by yours truly, Carrie Antholis. It was co-produced by Chris Taracone and Aaron Karenik, and it was edited by Chris Taracone. Our consulting producer is Brittany Bookbinder. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio, and Trial Audio is courtesy of Law and Crime Networks. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty, The Trial of Kyle Rittenhouse.